Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly, NCAA Tournament Edition. What's up, everybody? This is Nick, joined as always by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Producer Brad, making it all go. Trying to. There we go. Hey, hey. Yes, sir. He, <laughs> Producer Brad did indeed make his way back from Houston, and he is back and with us in one piece. So, okay, boys. So here, here's the deal. Here's the format for tonight's show, okay? Uh, this is going to be a work in progress. So we're live on YouTube now. Got everything working. Hopefully everything's working. Um, we've got... We've got folks coming in. We've promised you Coach Woody. We've promised you Joe Templin. He did such a great job last week. He's coming back. Uh, and Jack Dragon. And they're coming. They have all been at a team dinner. That team dinner is wrapping up now. Uh, heard from everybody. Everybody's texting, oh, we're going to be – it's all good. Uh, we're going to get started here. We, I, I, as I told Joe, I think we've got a few things we could probably talk about. Um, so we're going to do that while we wait on these guys. And as soon as they start to filter in, we're going to bring them to you live here on YouTube tonight. So, all right. Oh, Ben, will producer Brad be in Clemson this weekend? Uh, producer Brad, that's, that's for you. Uh, well, I believe I'm there at least the Friday game and I'm hoping I'm there on the Sunday game. So, yeah. So it, producer Brad, We'll be on scene uh, for sure tomorrow night, and then uh, let's maybe call it TBD uh, the rest of the weekend slash Sunday. Um, you know, don't forget, folks these these uh, these regionals can extend into Monday um, if if uh, if another uh, game becomes possible. So we could be we could be talking nine or watching nine or baseball all the way into Monday, all the way through the weekend. So um, and, and hopefully not. Hopefully we just win the regional and advance to the supers on Sunday, but. Uh, you know, to be determined, stay tuned. Um, let's talk a little bit, guys. Last time we talked, um, we were on the air the night before the conference championship game. Um, and, and everybody was feeling really loose, really good. It's like, hey, wow, we've won four games in a row. Uh, I'm just going to have to make it five for some hardware. Um, producer Brad was in Houston. Uh, Kevin, you and I were, were trying to figure out how we were going to watch the game. Oh, look at there. There, there he is. <laughs> there is producer Brad in Houston. Uh, we, we actually fussed at him beforehand uh, that we could not see him on TV, and uh, and and he he moved. He actually moved to where he thought we could see him, and we were texting him things like, "Dude, move over three seats." Um, and we <laughs> we finally got producer Brad um, on on CBS Sports. So he's he's a big star. Um, looks like you had some other Niners kind of move in down there around you as the game went on, Brad. Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, you had this is this is from the uh, that was early on. That's the bottom of the second. Yeah, yeah there was, yeah, there was that's, a couple. That's early the game. There, there was there was uh, John Deal was one section to your left. He's a yeah. local Niner, lives in Houston. Um, uh, our video coordinator was down there at one point. Yeah. Um, he stopped in and then, and then you had some kids down there. Um, I'm not sure what they were doing, but, uh, I mean, other than watching the game, but like, I, I don't <laughs> know, know who, I, I don't know who they were. So no. Um, but, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, their dad was just, you know, uh, yeah. teaching them about baseball. Like, Hey, Hey, you did, did you see that play? And this is what he did. And, 
all that stuff. So um, I think it was a kind of a educational trip uh, somewhat for the kids and the dad to jo- just enjoy some baseball, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, see more so folks jumping in the live right? stream. Oh, hold on just a sec, Kevin. Uh, see more, fo- more folks jumping in the live stream here since we got started. Um, we're we're, we're going to bring you Woody. We're going to bring you Joe Templin. We're going to bring you Jack Dragon. They are wrapping up team dinner um and uh are working on getting back to the hotel and they're going to start jumping in uh when they get situated so uh we didn't lie to you we're going to bring in we, we we went ahead and got started uh, uh to, to go ahead and keep our schedule uh we're going to talk talk niner baseball talk last weekend but as soon as those guys start jumping in here we'll bring them to you so stand by you, you just have to put up with the three of us um for a few more minutes uh, until those folks come in and then we'll bring them in and and uh say let's see here <laughs> Nate, our boy Nate. Hopefully, we are not too loud this weekend. That would be a shame. Um, Nate is referring to the softball uh, regional at Duke, um, where um, some of our uh, some of our students were um, kind of targeted and maybe even escorted out uh, on the final day, apparently for making too much noise. So, um, hopefully. Hopefully that well. Hopefully they make too much noise again this weekend. But set without draw. I, I, you know, Nate, Ben. I think y'all are going to be okay because I think the Clemson folks are, have been there, done that, and they're kind of expecting. You know, it's it's like act like you've been there before. I think that applies to the Clemson folks. Um, Duke had not been there before, so they had had no no idea how to act. So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Ben. Uh, all right, Kevin. So, yes, uh, folks who tuned in to see uh, to see our guests, stick with us. They're coming back from dinner. We'll bring them in as soon as again to you. Kevin, you were about to make a salient point, I believe. I was going to ask Brad about the crowd, how it was. Uh, the announced Joe, we listened to Joe on the broadcast. He said a lot of the fans were up in the shade up near the top of the grandstand. So you couldn't really see on TV what the crowd distribution looked like. Uh, did Dallas Baptist end up bringing the crowd and uh, – um, we didn't really hear much from them during the game. Yeah, I, I mean, they. I would say there was definitely more of them, maybe about a two-to-one ratio uh, easily, maybe could have been a little more than that. But um, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't packed out with them, with Dallas being so close. Um, and I, But I just don't know their, their baseball culture that well. So, like, I don't know if they're a team that travels really well or not. Um but they, I mean, you know, they were there. They made noise. They were supportive, uh, good-natured. I mean, we there wasn't – I didn't see anybody have any problems with anybody. Um, but uh, – That's because yeah. South Carolina fans weren't there to fight each other. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, but it was um, – well, I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was a good close game and, and – uh, they cheered when things happened well, and we made a lot of noise too. Um, definitely more of them, and yeah, I would say ninety-five percent of the of everybody that was there was in the in the upper stands because they were trying to hide, be in the shade. So there was barely anybody in the bottom bowl. So as far as the game goes, um, they they jump out. Uh, they jump out on the top to two nothing lead, um, and. Uh, then the Niners just have the run of the thing from there on out. Um, it felt like even when we were playing from behind, it felt like that game was going to work out. Um, you know, I, I don't always feel this way, Kevin, but 
for whatever reason, I mean, I was nervous as I'll get out. Ke- Kevin and I were watching at his house and I was pacing around his kitchen um, with, with the TV and the, in the, in the living room. But I don't know the game, the game felt very in hand um, from the early outset. I don't know if you felt the same way, but that's, that's kind of how I felt. Well, I did feel we had Wyatt Hudipole came back on, on short rest. Um, he got in a little trouble in that first inning, but uh, they got out of it with just allowing the one run. Uh, went down two nothing, but uh, he was he was he was pitching well, um, and just keeping us in it. And we kept fighting through, and and we had a few opportunities and capitalized on those. I, I felt like I felt like Dallas Baptist was kind of um, I don't know they weren't playing. Um, they, they made a few mistakes. I think they were they were kind of yeah. I felt like they're kind of still. Um, out of tune or it seemed like they weren't uh on on point at some point during the game because uh some of the plays seemed a little lackadaisical uh by getting the ball getting the ball back into the infield uh some like the, the the catcher play um yeah it just felt like we were we were more prepared it felt like we were more prepared we were more ready to play and then kind of they were kind of going through the motions at times um but yeah they they uh they're a great team, obviously top seventeen or seventeenth ranked team in the country, uh, number one seed in our tournament at large bid. Uh, I think they're in the Stillwater Regional. Um, great team, and Wyatt just came in, pitched great. Um, we got Spoyar came in for an inning, got us three, and then Kramer got the last six. Um, great effort on the mound, great effort in defensively. I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot later, but um, and great offense. We got we we did plenty, plenty to. Um, Plenty of plenty of offense to get us through the game. Um, yeah, what was it five five two final? Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it did feel kind of comfortable once we got some insurance runs. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like I felt the same way, Nick. They honestly looked like uh, they looked like the team that had played a bunch of games and had come out of the losers bracket. <laughs> I mean, they they looked <laughs> a little tired. Uh, or uh, alternate an alternate explanation could be that I mean maybe they were feeling the pressure. Um, you know, it's their first year in the league. Obviously, they're a storied program and a great team. But it's their first year in the league, and they're the one seed, and they're kind of supposed to win this game. And here we come. And um, maybe once we you know once we we started making that run, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they got maybe they got too tense. Yeah, we're playing our sixth game of the week or loose. We're playing on adrenaline. I think guys are probably exhausted, but they're playing. Their adrenaline's flowing. It's a championship game. Their backs are against the wall. It's winter. Your season's over. So they had a lot to play for. And Dallas Baptist was kind of – they were already in that large team. Um, so maybe they mm-hmm. had too much rest, and we were just kind of loose and ready to roll. But, yeah, um, <clears throat> it was a good game. It was a it was a good championship game. It was a good tournament. The tournament was great. Um I watched a lot of a lot of baseball this week that weekend, and um, our tournament was good. There's other tournaments throughout the country were good. So yeah, this is that great time of year. Baseball's on every day of the week. Yeah, so obviously some big plays at the at the plate, um, guys that guys that stick out. We're we're going to avoid talking about the the play that Jack Dragon made on defense because he's going to join us, and we'll talk to him about that. But um, Spencer Nolan. Uh, made a, a play at first um, where, I mean, he, he made his fine of a stop at first base um, uh, for, uh, for a big, huge out, unassisted out, uh, as you'll see. He's in a, he is 
for the freshman, the young man has developed into an elite defender. Um, excited to watch him continue to, to play. Uh, also had, uh, I believe, let me, let me make sure. Yeah, Spence also had an RBI as well. So great game from him. Uh, Fish kept doing his thing. Fish Fish didn't home. It's the only game Fish didn't homer in, but he still had an RBI. He did his job. He made the, he made a great play on that third out in the ninth um, to, to end the game. Just all around, man. No, nobody that stepped yeah. on the field. It, nobody that stepped on the field really put a foot wrong the, the whole nine innings. Well, the, really the whole tournament. You can go through the whole lineup and and yeah. see where yeah. each each player contributed. Uh, Butch had some good at-bats, uh, got on base. Blake Jackson on base, getting scoring runs. Um, uh, Austin Knight making plays, getting that bunt down, um, be, making them make a play. Um, that was a big play, scored a run. I scored Butch on the on, um, – Yep, he laid down a bunt and beat it out. And made them make a make a mistake. So, um, you mentioned Fish, drag him. You know, uh, Stallman had a huge tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. Franco came, comes in, gets a couple hits, plays good defense. Uh, Cunningham, you know, he's uh, doing his thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, every, everybody in Hobson. What about Butch running the bases? Butch was Butch was displaying some speed on the base pass. Uh, during during the tournament, and in particular on Sunday, um, what what I said about Butch is, you know, you don't think about Butch being fleet of foot, but what he does, he builds momentum, uh, and, and when he gets all that momentum rolling down the track, Butch is hard to stop. Yeah, he's running with a purpose, and um, <laughs> running with a purpose, he is hard to yeah. stop. So, okay, so producer Brad, uh, the the game is over. We win. And all of a sudden, I start getting texts from 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 Brad, and they're pictures that are clearly being taken out in the vicinity of the pitcher's mound. And I replied to him, "I'm like, wait a minute, are you on the field right now?" And he's like, "Yeah." So, Brad, <laughs> how did you wind up on the field? Um, you know, I just you know, one of the first keys is to act like you belong, right? <laughs> So, uh, I think I want to say Chip was probably one of the first ones on the field, Chip Fisher. And, and, um, and so there was a couple parents and then, and then the rest just kind of started walking their way down there. And, uh, I think it was, uh, Mr. Uh, Butcher, uh, started walking that way and they, they weren't sure exactly how to get down there. So I, I showed them to where the, where the gate was and just kind of followed them in. Um, well played. The, secu- the, the, the security, the security lady was like, Hey, if you got the right colors on, you look like you belong. So just walked out on the field and just took the sights and sounds in with everybody, you know, um, and just had a good old time and hung out with the team. Man, that is so awesome. I mean, you, you just th- those are, um, you know, I, we're all about the experience, right? And and those are one of a kind experiences. You just don't get to do that. Um, you made a great call, um, pulling the trigger, going to Houston, and man, you got rewarded in a big, big way. Um, so uh, we're we're probably we've probably made a conference tournament convert of you, have we not? 
Well, I, I mean, I was the one like, hey, do we have plans? Do we have plans? So, I mean, I was, I yeah. was one to go. You know, it was just a matter of is anybody else coming with me? So this was a lot more fun than Rustin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course it was. Yeah. Of course it was. So I mean, yeah. as as Brad is is getting off the field, um, Kevin and I are at at his home uh, in Concord, and we're texting, um, trying to trying to find out the flight number because we want to be we want to be on campus when when the team rolls back in. Um, and and as it turned out, I, I don't know, Kevin. What was it? Was it about 1 a.m.? Um, it's, it's been, it's all a blur, but yeah, it was, it was around that. It was, it was definitely AM. Yeah, it was definitely AM. Uh, the, the team comes rolling back onto campus and, and getting off the bus. And I don't know, you want to say, you want to say there's, I don't know. You want to say there's, there's 20, two dozen people out there at, at one o'clock in the morning. 30, I'd say 30, 30, 30 to 40. Okay. okay. That's fine. Uh, but there's, there's a crowd out there and and i don't think the guys were were necessarily thinking that that was going to happen um because the the bus backs into that parking lot there at wells fargo Fieldhouse, and um they're kind of looking out the window like what in the world's going on here man it was a scene um the the video is out there i went live um it's it's my wife has gone and watched it i haven't watched it i got caught up in it so i went live on the cell phone but once the guys started getting off the bus i just totally got wrapped up in it and i was i was still holding the phone but but just interacting with everyone so it was probably the um uh, a friend of ours um uh charles pipkins uh labeled that video the blair nick project um for for everything that happened the video quality and and everything um he just started walking they just started walking around campus between the haze and and the the clubhouse and the video and i don't know what he was doing i I need to go back and watch it but um um it was we were were excited we were excited and we it was late (laughs) it was very late it wasn't late it was early um early the video, I, I think the video, if anything, it, it gives you a flavor of what it was like to be there, especially if you were maybe experiencing some dizziness. Um, so it was it was awesome. The guys were, were so pumped up even after the long day they had had and, and they were fired up. Uh, and then, heck, we, we got back. We, we made it back to campus for the uh, a few hours later, it seemed like, for the for the selection show. So, I mean. What what an awesome deal! Hey, check it out. Uh, let's, let's check out the waiting room here. Let's let's go ahead and bring on the voice of the Niners, Joe Templin, wearing a shirt from the Don Ho collection. <laughs> Joe Templin, what's up, buddy? Hey guys, uh, I know everyone's uh, just we're just getting back from dinner. We got some ice cream down in the lobby, so uh, guys are guys are hammering that right now. What kind of ice cream, man? Uh, we had like six different flavors. I think there was a vanilla, there was a mint chocolate chip, chocolate, a strawberry, um, a fudge one, and then cookies and cream like got eviscerated right off the bat. <laughs> uh, that the guys were all over cookies and cream. 
Uh, so awesome. Well, well, man, let, let's let's just get right to the heart of the matter. We got to talk to you for the first time on this show last week, and and, and you were talking about uh, your experience. Now, get, get me correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but uh, you were at HPU uh, prior to this, and and you guys didn't stream, right? Correct. So yeah, so you you came here, and and part of the deal was now you were calling games. So you're you're you come here, uh, you're calling this phenomenal tournament run your 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 call of of the final out the the you know the 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 kings of conference usa from the queen city uh was fantastic uh and now one week later we're talking to you again and you my friend are on the verge of calling an ncaa tournament game walk us through walk us through that feeling uh i mean as of right now it uh it doesn't really feel any different um it's you know it's the cliche coach speak answer that i'm sure all the guys uh, are going to give you asked him uh what this feeling was about but honestly for me it's really uh calling the game is kind of the exact same thing as i normally would except it seems like tomorrow we're just gonna have a little bit extra time between starting lineups and first pitch uh, with all the the stuff uh, that, that's going to get announced and everything like that so uh it's really just the same amount of prep uh if anything it's probably a little bit less prep than the conference tournament because it's half the teams. Um, and, you know, the team that we're playing first in Tennessee, uh, you know, they're, you know, these SEC teams and ACC teams, that that's what you see about, you know, we go on the road and Thursday night, these these series are starting a day early just so they can get that, uh, that night ESPN airtime. So, you know, you're kind of familiar with them. Obviously, you're familiar with the Conference USA teams as well, but that's eight teams. You got to go back and be like, all right, like what were these guys all about that we played two months ago? Um, and stuff like that. So honestly, uh, it's, you know, prep wise, it's going to be the exact same. The only thing different was uh, I had to fill out the waiver uh, because uh, Westwood One owns all the radio rights for NCAA tournaments all across every sport. Um, and I didn't get that waiver until earlier today. So I hope it went through all right and we can uh, we can still get that broadcast up on CUSA.tv. So, so walk, walk, tell tell us what say a little more about that. You so you had to what sign over your broadcast rights to to Westwood One and 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 they they control the, the broadcast that you're going to do now or how does that work? Yeah, so the, the NCAA has an exclusive rights deal with uh, Westwood Run and Learfield mm-hmm. um, for all their championship events. Um, but like teams and, and local stations can still do it; they have to to basically buy the rights. But because and from what I, I read going through the waiver, we shouldn't have to pay anything because it's uh, audio only. We're not going to a, a, a parent station. Um, it's free. We don't have commercials or ads. So sorry, Wheels and Darren, I'm probably going to have to kill that Grand Slam club plug. Um, mm-hmm. But since we, we hit all those boxes, um, it sounds like that the fee itself will, will get waived and we won't have to pay a couple hundred dollars to get this broadcast up and going for this tournament. Joe, um, you've had some time. You've had a long trip back from Houston. You've had some time to sit back, back and think about this tournament. Um, give me a, f- a few things that stuck out to you uh, from that week last week and that that great Fortnite run through the tournament to, to raise the trophy at the end. What 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 are a couple things that stood out to you aside from Cam Fisher's uh, phenomenal week? Right. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just the fact that we had our backs up against the wall for four straight days, five straight games, um, and every single time. Uh, you know, we rose to the challenge and it wasn't just smooth sailing through those games. 
Um, you know, the UTSA game was was fairly easy. Um, La Tech, we, we handled business there. We played a much cleaner game than game one. Um, but then the doubleheader against Middle Tennessee, I mean, the first game, it wasn't as close as the score looked because of that grand slam in the ninth inning. Uh, but that second game was a grind. I mean, you got to beat a team five times in a span of nine days. That's not an easy thing to do. And both teams are fighting for their seasons at that point. Um, so just the back and forth there and, and getting that run that we needed late um, was really clutch to see. Of course, it was Cam Fisher going the other way, um, getting that flare job out there. And then against DBU going down early, that second pitch home run, um, you know, that's that's the type of play where it can take the wind out of your sails or you can rally back and, you know, brush it off. And that's exactly what the guys did, um, you know, buying into that chip in a chair mentality that we that we had all all season long or not ter- season all tournament long um, after that first game. So so that was really great to see. And then and then coming back, having that big inning. And it was it was honestly kind of shocking just to see how poorly DBU played in that game, playing for the championship, being so fresh, only playing three games, the the three errors that they made and six wild pitches. Like that was just something that I couldn't believe while I was watching it. Like they they couldn't get out of their way and and all the breaks seemed to fall our way. So, Joe, you got you got time to hang with us here for a minute? Of course. Um, producer Brad, let's 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 put Joe. Ooh, oh, there he is. hey, look at there. Okay. Wow. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> so, let's geez. It's like we're this is like the Brady bunch or something. Am I supposed to look down at Woody? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we, we, we've got the Brady Bunch and, and and Joe's dressed like like he's uh like, you know like he's at the 4077 and this is this is fantastic this is like the best episode ever <laughs> uh let's just start here let's see how I can maybe organize this um we here at Diamond Niner Report don't know the recipe but we know our next guest is so freaking saucy. First time ever on the show, shortstop Jack Dragum. What's up, Jack? What's going on, guys? Man, we're, we're pretty jacked about this, if you can't tell. Um, I, I know you guys just got back for dinner. What, what, what'd, you, what'd you have that was good to eat? I actually got some seafood in, in a half of a uh, ribeye. Me and Paxton split. Got the best of both worlds. Dang, dang, Joe! We've got yeah, to ask you. What kind of ice cream? I had a chip witch with cookies and cream, and I had a vanilla bowl. So I'm about to run the treadmill or something tonight. <laughs> he, he's fueling. He's fueling up. He's fueling up, man. Fueling up for a run. Hey, just feel a few extra grounders in the morning. It'll it'll work out. Joe, what what did you eat? Uh, I got the uh, the salmon, and uh, they didn't tell us that it came uh, with a pistachio topping. Uh, so I had to had to send that one back. So no oh, okay. tonight. So. But uh, oh, man. <laughs> was on top of it this time. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, the salmon salmon was really good. Hey, uh, Coach Woody, what what'd you order? I went I went simple meat ribeye medium rare, and then uh, I pulled the executive card and got a pint of Jenny's ice cream, brown butter almond brittle for the win on dessert. Okay, man. Okay. So we've got a great crowd uh, watching here live on YouTube tonight. Um, if you want to jump in the comments section and pass along, we always do question and comments, but if you want to pass along well wishes, producer Brad will just pop them right up there on the screen. So um, see you again. Yeah, we got, yeah. 
Look at there, Joe. That must be for you. <laughs> so, Jack, we're gonna we're gonna get you off to the to the treadmill here, but we want to talk to you for a little bit. This is the first time we've ever had you on, dude, and it's it's really it's really a shame because you've been here for three years, man, and like you are you're like our unsung hero here because you have been a rock, not only at short but at the plate for three years. Uh, and, and low key, I mean, I was looking at some of your stats today, dude, and, and some of the, the things you've accomplished. You are, you're one of the more accomplished players in program history, uh, that, that maybe doesn't get a lot of the accolades that they deserve, but you're getting them from us. Cause I'm sitting right here telling you, man, Jack Dragon, you're the freaking man. What's your response to that? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, got some more to prove this week, obviously. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm not here for individual rewards. You know, I want to you know, do what I can for the team. That's kind of my goal every, every day is to bring the team together and do the things that we need to win. Um, so I'll take a team reward over an individual reward any day of the week. Uh, so yeah, just kind of doing what the team needs. And I mean, I appreciate you guys letting me know how much, I mean, I've done and, and the individual things I've done, but you know, I kind of get more into the team stuff and would do anything for wins this weekend and, and to continue my career and stuff like that. Well, Jack, congrats ahead, on the made all tournament team and all conference this year. Um, congrats on that. Um, sometimes uh, I guess us not a fan to take it for granted that you over at shortstop, it seems like every time the ball goes over there, it's, it's an, it's an easy out in my mind, but um, how do you stay so consistent uh, defensively over there at shortstop? What goes into that uh, day in and day out? Uh, reps would be pretty important. You know, I, there's nothing I love more than taking ground balls. I like to do it as much as I can every day. And then I would say not taking anything for granted, you know, like any ground ball can get you. Like the easiest ones always tend to get people. Um, so just don't take it for granted, you know, get back to the fundamentals, do the things the right way. Um, and a lot of times they make your make your plays look good anyway, so – yeah, just stick to the fundamentals, trust the preparation you put in, trust what your coaches are telling you, and uh, trust your teammates. You know, I know if I get the ball over there in time, I'm going to get picked up by whoever's over there. Um, yeah, get back to the fundamentals, trust your teammates. Now, Jack, we, let's just let's just jump right to the heart of the matter here. Um, you, you went viral a little bit this week. Um, in, in fact, you, you've made your, your major debut on uh, John Boy Media account. Uh, which is a great baseball account. If you're not out there following, I think probably most people if you're watching this show know about John Boy. Um, you you said you'd be willing to do anything um, to 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 get a win, and the play you made in the bottom of the seventh against Dallas Baptist certainly qualifies as that. Um, you you performed maybe the best Deke play of all time. Uh, on the Dallas Baptist runner in a key situation where the Niners really needed a double play. Um, Walk us through that play, man. Yeah. So the Deke, it's not something that I really think about that much um, during the game. It's kind of like I go through it off the field sometimes and just thinking what I can do to help a team win, stuff like that. And then, I mean, when the situation calls for it, and, I mean, I was fortunate enough that my mind went there and that um, I was able to do it. And then, I mean, props to Dante for being at the bag and making it look real and props to Jake in the outfield catching the ball and knowing what to do when he got it. Uh, but, yeah, just, I mean, kind of feeling the flow of the game, feeling the situation out, 
um, and just kind of having the mindset of what can I do to help my team win, even when the ball is not coming to me, or where can I be, or what can I do to to make an impact on the play. And if you if you're out there and you're you're wondering what we're talking about and you haven't seen the video, go back and watch that watch that double play to end the seventh again. Um, the the runner at first, one out, a fly ball is hit center field. Uh, the ball ends up in in Jake Cunningham's glove out in center field. But the problem is is the runner from first was watching Jack pretend to field a grounder, toss it to Dante, who pretended to turn the double play. Um, and the runner totally bought it and went into second hard trying to break up a double play that didn't exist. Um, and by the time he realized what was going on, it was too late. And Jake, as Jack pointed out, made a great play uh, to, to, to double him off back at first. Now, what did did you get a good look at this guy's face when he realized that you had got him? I saw him for a split second as he was standing on the bag, even before the play had fully happened. He was kind of in disbelief, I think, as, as most people would be. Um, it was kind of a laughable moment for me and Dante because we talk about it all the time, and the fact that it worked in a big situation it was pretty cool, pretty surreal. Um, but yeah, just, just shock on his face. <laughs> there, I mean, there, was, there was shock on my face too, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And they then they came back from break and they broke it down uh, in slow mo. That was man, we were we were just we were loving it. But uh, how many times you do that in, in a game or during the season? Just uh, on on average, like one hand, definitely on one hand, the time that's worked. Uh, I've probably done it a few more times when it hasn't worked or they just haven't picked me up at all. Um, but yeah, it's something that the situation doesn't come up in baseball much. But I like to try to be ready for it when it does. Um, take advantage of a guy not looking at the ball or looking in and looking at me uh yeah probably under five times it's happened definitely under five that it's worked cool. now i'll tell you this jack um the, the they were they kevin points out they were all over it when we came back from break but we were already re- rewinding uh the, the broadcast to look at it because uh it, i i swear will will lancaster was texting me about this play before i even saw it because my phone started blowing up and it was Will. And he was like, oh, my God, go back and look at Jack. Look at Jack. Go look at Jack. And so we rewound it. And because, I mean, you know, a play like that happens as a fan. And, and the camera, of course, the camera is showing the ball go to center field. Uh, but you're there. You can see what you're doing. Um, and that, I mean, Will, Will was all over that. And that's why he's the best in the business. And we, we employ him here at Diamond Niners Weekly as a part-time co-host. Right. Yeah, it's definitely something that doesn't get noticed much. And I feel like some you got to know baseball to even to look for something like that, um, especially when the camera's going to the ball. Everyone's following the ball. Um, but, yeah, it's just, that's like I said, it's just something that I try to do to help the team win. And even if I don't get noticed for it, which usually you wouldn't get noticed for this, but it's, I mean, I, I love the attention and the fact that I did get noticed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty neat that we'll call that before anyone. Yeah, so there's Ginger saying that that video, <laughs> that, that video that's making the rounds on the internet, uh, is apparently a, a cell phone video that Kevin took of his television screen at his house. <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess Kevin, if you want to get technical, not only has Jack made his John Boy debut, so have you. Wow. Uh, well, we we all have here. So Diamond Report's going uh, nationwide, I guess. 
Um, I want to kind of change gears a little bit here, Nick. Uh, Jack, it's your first time on our show. This is your first time on our show. Um, tell us a little bit about your story to get here. Get here to Charlotte and um, uh, what – what uh, tell us how you became a Niner. Yeah, so as most people know, I started my career at UVA, um, which I have the most respect for, the program and everything. Just didn't work out for me, so I ended up going the junior college route um on the COVID season shortened season and they reached out to me and had the trust in me and without even really seeing me play that much um and put their trust in me so I mean that's all I could ask and I, I took a visit up here uh early spring of COVID season absolutely loved it fell in love immediately me and my dad were on the way home I don't we didn't call right away because we didn't want to seem like too jumpy and desperate but um yeah I knew right away this is where I wanted to come um, and I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything. Wouldn't change being here for three years or anything that's happened this year, last year, any of the years I've been here. I mean, everything seems just about perfect. The fit was perfect. Um, love the coaches kept trusting me. Uh, I'll never be thankful enough for that, that even through my lows and highs, they trust me the whole time, rode with me the whole time. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful that my life has brought me here and that the journey of baseball has brought me here. So, Jack, I want to follow that up. I want to ask you a question about pitching um, because it, it comes up often. People go, Dragon, Dragon can pitch? So, when, when you first committed, uh, the staff gave us a heads up and says, hey, you, better, you, you guys better look into this guy because we found a shortstop. Um, and we started following you in the CPL that summer. Um, uh, the uh, Kevin, was that the Peninsula Pilots? Peninsula, that right? Peninsula Pilots, yeah. yeah. So it's a CPL. Uh, we started following you that first summer, and pretty much all you did was pitch. Uh, at times, we were like, "Are we following the right guy? Are there two Jack Dragons?" Because all you did that summer was pitch for the Pilots. Um, so, talk a little bit about your uh, your alter ego as a as a pitcher. Yeah. So that summer, I had a hurt a hurt quad most of the summer, so I was uh, helping the team as a pitcher, doing what I can, but. Um, Growing up, my dad was a he, – he ran a throwing program. Uh, a lot of pitchers came to him for stuff, so I was kind of breeded as a pitcher. Um, always played the infield as well um, and ended up falling, falling in love with the infield uh, late middle school, early high school. Still pitched and practiced it, but I knew that infield is where I wanted to be. I enjoyed being out there every day. Um, I didn't really like breaks and not playing, so I fell in love with infield. But, I mean, if we ever need an inning, I'm still good to go. Arm feels good. My dad still always tells me, tell him you want to pitch some, but, you know, I fell in love with infield, but I still, I can still pitch if I have to. I won't walk anybody. I know that. <laughs> well, uh, right now, right now you've got a career 0.00 ERA uh, for the Niners. So um, unless, unless Woody's got some tricks up his sleeve that you're probably going to have a, end up with a 0.00 ERA. Oh, yeah. Woody, I can tell you if he got, I can, I can tell you, if he goes into a game, we're gonna we're we're all gonna be pulling for a zero zero ERA to finish his career. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell you that Jack, Jack, I'll tell you I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, for those who don't know, um, Jack's dad Charlie was a baseball player played it collegiately at VCU. Um, and when they when when Charlie played for VCU, they were in this, they shared a league with uh, with the Niners. That was the uh, the old Metro, um, and so. Jack's dad, Charlie, played games uh, at the Hayes 
back in the day. Uh, so much so that when we were discussing the, the scoreboard being replaced with the beautiful new video board, uh, Charlie and I were having a conversation about that, how old that scoreboard was. And, and I, I looked at him, I said, Charlie, when you crossed the plate here, when you played and you scored a run, that run was put on the scoreboard we just took down. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, no, there had to be another one in between. No, dude, that was the scoreboard. You, you and your son, your, your runs were registered on the same scoreboard. Um, so, see, you guys have that father-son that father bond in baseball, but you also got to – you, you also scored runs on the same scoreboard. How about that? Pretty neat. Must have been a long time the scoreboard was there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, had, just had to get that in for your pops, didn't you, Jack? Yeah. yeah he still looks good. <laughs> decent yeah uh he still looks like he i don't know he still looks like he could play to me i mean he's i i'd still i'd still trust charlie over there um, hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say you'd want charlie in the lineup before me and leave it at that go, uh, go jack ahead, um, so uh you're senior this year uh tell us um a couple um uh, great memories you'll take from, from your time at Charlotte um, as you, you've already you've graduated and then uh, um, you're about to move on to the next step of your career. Yeah, I think I cherish the, you know, the bus rides, meals with the team, just hanging out, a lot of like just bonding with the guys kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's hard to say the best memory I haven't had wasn't this past week, you know, doing what no one thought we could, you know, no one expected us to, to be in the NCAA tournament, but besides everyone on our bus, that kind of became our, our motto is like, screw everyone else that's not on this bus. Like we got everyone we need here. And then the fact that we saw that come to fruition and, and hugging all the seniors and realizing, man, we got one more week together at the very minimum. Um, it was a great feeling and something I'll never forget, putting on the hat after we beat DBU after winning five games and in four days and there's no better feeling that i've ever felt in my life than that uh, so that's going to be a, definitely a tough memory to beat but i think i think we can beat it this weekend and, and throughout the next couple weeks so man I, i'm just getting fired up listening to you dude it's, it's hard not to get fired up listening to you guys talk um I want to. We're gonna we're gonna get you get you off to um, I don't know maybe the treadmill or or to get ready for bed whichever it happens to be. But um, uh, one story I, I'm gonna tell on you, Jack, from from this season that I think that people should know um, is uh, we, there, there was uh, uh, a, a young girl in the stands earlier this season that that caught a foul ball and um, she ended up having to get foul ball back. Uh, and she uh, she was in tears over having to give this foul ball back and um, went over there, talked to the young girl. And, um, you know, no, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying at the haze um, and talking to her and, and her mom and dad. She told me that her favorite player was Jack Dragon because he's number six and he's six. And so am I is what she said. And um, I said, you know what? OK, that's cool. Let's meet Jack Dragon after the game. And after the game, you took time out of your schedule, have just come off the field to uh, to talk to that young lady, um, pose for pictures, do the whole thing. And um, 
man, you're just, you're an awesome representative for this program and the nine across the chest. And um, I think that that story encapsulates uh, just a little bit of what Jack Dragon is all about. Man, we couldn't be more proud of you. Thank you. Thank you guys. That means a lot. All right, Jack. We're going to let you go, man. You have you have officially survived your first appearance on Diamond Niners Weekly. Um, I, I know uh, viewership goes up when you're on, so uh, I know your mom and dad and, and uh, the whole family is watching back uh, back in Virginia. So um, all you folks in Virginia, stay with us, even though Jack's leaving, because now we're going to talk to Woody and Joe. Gotcha. Thank you guys for having me. Go Niners. Let's get it. Let's go. All right. See you tomorrow, Jack. We'll see you tomorrow. Good job, Jack. Go get him, buddy. Man, that's all. Awesome. Where do y'all find these awesome guys, Woody? Coach Beck. He he can find them. Yeah, he can find Beck, them. Beck, I remember. Beck. I remember when when we first when we first got a commitment, and you guys were talking. You had you guys were really excited when we when we got Jack Dragon committed. To Charlotte, um, so talk a little yeah, bit about that. I, and I, yeah, well, I, I mean, so Jack, I remember watching Jack play. I think he was with the the Richmond Braves organization as like a fourteen or a fifteen year old when I was the pitching coach at Virginia Tech, and um, he was more of a pitcher because he was like already throwing like ninety ninety one miles an hour as a fourteen fifteen year old. Um, and he committed to Virginia at a very young age. And I remember being frustrated because I was over at Virginia tech and I hadn't even gotten him to campus yet. And I'm like, geez, like, this is what we're up against. Um, so, you know, I, I, I lost that recruiting battle, uh, years back now. And, uh, you know, just kind of just followed him. And so as soon as he went in the portal, coach, you know, I kind of told Coach Bick how talented he was and how much, I, you know, what I remember of him and that sort of thing. And then Coach Bick rode over and saw him play at Lewisburg and texted me and called me and like, yeah, you know, he's a no-brainer. Like, he can play shortstop for us right now. And so him and his dad came on a visit and um, Jack was pretty quiet and, and didn't say a whole lot. His dad, Charlie, asked like just tons of great questions all day. And you could just tell they were baseball people and his dad's a – longtime coach and and you could just really tell that they wanted to finish their career you know jack wanted to finish his career he wanted his next school to be his last school and he wanted to finish his career on a high note and you know those are things that we talked about in the recruiting process and you know here we are three years later and i'm just i'm just so thankful to be his coach and uh, i love writing you know I love writing Jack's name in the lineup card every single day, virtually every single day for three years. You know, he's a, you know, our, our right-handed hitters are in red ink and our left-handed hitters are in blue ink, you know, so I pull out the red marker for Jack, you know, and write that name a lot. And I'm sure as heck going to miss writing that name next year because he absolutely is one of the best. He's one of the best shortstops in the country. And, you know, for the, for the limited knowledge I have of our entire history of Charlotte baseball, you know, 40 plus years. He's one of the best shortstops in our program's history. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And, and I'm just so proud of him, you know, getting his degree from here, helping us get to this stage of the NCAA tournament twice, we would not be here without him. So like he said, 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give everything we got to keep these guys playing for as long as possible. Yeah, and and that's we're, we're we are definitely here for that. We're all yeah. Here we go. Here's some intel we need. So Tony's making reference to Coach O's hair. Uh, we got we got Joe and and Woody. Can you give us some intel? Has anybody seen Coach O's hair? Styles canceled on him. Oh, okay. It, it didn't happen. His stylist canceled. He's got a stylist, you know. He's Coach O. He he can't he can't do the you know the, the makeshift stuff. He's got to have a stylist, and his stylist canceled, and uh, so you know even more motivation to make it to a super. That's right. So after making the the bet with the with the pitching staff that if they broke the record, he would go blonde. Coach O's style a stylist. <laughs> stylist, yeah. Stylist. I mean, how does this even happen? You're telling me that, like, I mean, we could get a bottle of peroxide. I mean, this is not this this is not rocket science. I mean, Could, you know, Coach O's. He's a busy man. He's got a traveling secretary. He's got a stylist. He's got, you know, it's it's a tight schedule. And so when a stylist cancels, you know, like you can't get it done. I don't know what to say. It'll happen eventually, right? Did you did you say are you dying are y'all dying your beards blonde with them? Is that what the bet is that was that part of the bet? I don't Joe's think mustache blonde. I'm, I'm up for whatever. <laughs> I, I don't whatever. I, I, I'm if that's if that's what it takes, but I can tell you this I don't have a stylist. I don't know if you know that about me or not, but I don't no. have a stylist. No. <laughs> oh, well, coach, congratulations! Congratulations on on raising a trophy, uh, um, tournament championship, uh, your second NCAA tournament in in two in three seasons. Um, I know you don't want to look back; you're looking forward right now. But uh, we talked to you tonight before the championship. Take us through the Saturday uh, or the what was that Sunday? It was Sunday. Take us through Sunday. Um, uh, yeah, you it, it, it just <clears throat> yeah we were on game six of uh you know the fifth day and you know it, it it kind of felt like everything felt like right on rhythm as far as the previous days so the the vibes in, in the dugout and pregame meal and everything everybody just you know everybody was loose everybody was ready to go nobody was tired nobody was you know, tight or tense or anything. It was just like, let's go do this. Like, we're going to do this. And everybody was talking about that in that term. And then, um, you know, uh, I just asked, I asked, we kind of have a little bit of a pitching staff rule where if your spikes are on, you're available. And if your spikes are off, you're not. And so obviously, you know, in that type of a tournament, you know, you're asking a lot of, of pitchers to get, you know, to overextend a little bit, maybe more than normal. Um, so Coach O, I just I had a conversation with Coach O and and about I just kind of I really needed to know who was available because I thought it was gonna you know it could come down to the wire as far as um, you know who who was able to pitch and who was and that sort of thing and so when he came back there was actually a lot more names available to pitch both lefties and righties that I really anticipated and so you know he and I had a conversation about you know kind of how the game we thought the game could go 
and we talked about some, you know, different guys and, and what roles and situations and, you know, we, we, me, and then we got to, we kind of got to the last three outs of the game. We're like, okay, like, you know, three outs to go, one run lead. I just looked at him. And I said, I think, I think CK can do it. And he goes, oh yeah, he can definitely do it. And so, you know, he was on one day's rest after a start and I knew he didn't have much, much in the tank. And, um, you know, dang, if he didn't, wasn't dang if he didn't give us five outs, you know, I mean, it was, it was just the whole pit, the whole pitching staff, like was incredible. And, you know, if anybody, if anybody out there wants to, wants to knock our pitching staff, you can, you can knock me because those guys, those guys are warriors and um, they sold out, you know, to, to, you know, we had guys throwing on, starting and then one day later throwing two innings and we had Donnie Evans throwing four appearances in a game. We had, I mean, you just, we had Wyatt Hudipole throwing 77 pitches on Wednesday, three days rest, throwing six innings on Sunday. I mean, it was just everybody giving it everything they possibly had to keep, to, to win the championship and continue our season. And, you know, I just, it just kind of felt like over the course of the game that we were going to do it and because we gave up the solo home run to start the game and then we fell behind two nothing. And then Brandon Stallman steps up there and hits a solo home run and we make all kinds of defensive plays left and right. And, um, you know, and then we're able to scratch it across and tie and take the lead and that sort of thing and keep making defensive plays and keep making big pitches. And, uh, you know, we just – Sprint. We we all really the last two or three innings. All we were talking about was sprinting through the finish line. You know, sprint through the finish line. Like we don't, we don't ever count outs here. It's not three outs to go. It's not six outs to go. It's not nine outs to go. You just, you just play until they tell you to stop, and that's exactly what the guys did. And I'm so proud of them because you know that video. Those videos will live on forever. Those will be memories forever. Um, the 2023 team will be Conference USA tournament champions and NCAA, you know, tournament, you know, NCAA tournament team forever. And uh, those are big deals. Those are big deals. And I'm um, so proud of them. And I probably talked a little longer than I wanted to, but um, it was an amazing feeling and something I've really never been a part of as a coach. I, I was counting the outstanding <laughs> I, I was doing it though. I know you guys weren't, but I, I was counting it down for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, that's you know, okay, Joe. That's okay. If, it's if not you the want to, uh, when you when you're lifting hardware, you talk as long as you want. And wow, did, producer Brad, did you go retro on us? Oh, he's going blonde. No, he's showing us his blonde hair. That's what producer Brad wants us to see. Look at that. Is that? Is that Hanson? The the <laughs> If I only had their money. <laughs> that's that is that's Mbop Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's great. So one, that's proof that producer Brad indeed had hair, and two, it was blonde. So that's awesome. <laughs> that was uh that was right after I had just we just got finished playing a set at the um, motor uh, the dirt motor speedway. So. Oh, that's cool. So it is Hanson. It is Hanson. 
<laughs> oh my gosh that you were johnny on the spot with that that was so great um just a reminder if you're out there folks are sending their well wishes along if you want to do that drop them in the chat um seeing uh seeing our buddy tony poovy there alan farmer writing in uh those both those guys are coming to clemson tomorrow um coach i've, I've heard from i know i know you have because my phone our phones Social media, text, everything have just been blowing up all week long about that. James says you're a hell of a guy. We tend to agree with James. Thanks, James. Um, it, it, it's just been unbelievable the amount of people that are reaching out and, and, and want, want to be around this, want a piece of this. It is, is, is this not fantastic? It is. I mean, Charlotte baseball is a family. And it's a family that, that spans across um, decades. And it doesn't matter, you know, which coach you played for or whether you, you know, you were a student manager 20 years ago, a bullpen catcher 10 years ago, an All-American first team player five years ago. It doesn't matter. You know, like everybody, everybody that's ever had, a, you know, a hand in Charlotte baseball success is a part of this. That's the way it works. And, um, you know, that's the strength in numbers is a real thing. And we want everybody that has ever been affiliated with Charlotte baseball to feel that and to, to you know, to watch us at six o'clock tomorrow night, take on, you know, a really, a really talented Tennessee team in a big environment and, um, you know, and be proud. And if you, and if you can't, and you know, if you can't be in Doug Kingsmore, you know, cause there's people coming out of the woodworks, there's standing room only seats, you know, I don't even know if there's any available now. Um, but you know, our guys are worth, our guys are worth it. Our players are worth the price of admission and they're, they're worth, you know, watching and being proud of, like I said, no matter what generation you're from with Charlotte baseball and the entire city of Charlotte, should be extremely proud of what this group has done and is doing and what we believe we are going to do. Yeah. Speaking of generation, we have a generational player on, on the team. Now uh, today we found out that Cam Fisher was named uh, the 12th all American in program history. Uh, we've talked about him a lot this year, but um, he can't get enough accolades from us. I'll talk a little bit more just uh, briefly uh, about Cam's uh, tournament season career uh here at charlotte coach it's unbelievable i mean it's i mean I, i'm literally in the coaches meeting today and every single coach is like he's like they're like dude cam fisher like 30 homers are you serious i'm like i know man i was like i got the best seat in the house i don't have to put a, every time i see him walking up i know i don't have to put a sign on it's great <laughs> so um I mean, it's, it just couldn't happen to a better person. You know, it's like he's, he does it in the classroom. He does it in the community. He does it in the locker room. He does it in the weight room. Like they're, they're, you know, he's just, when your best players are, your, you know, your best people and your hardest workers, it's, it's just, it's why you coach. It's why you coach, you know, those, you know, I'm, I'm a better coach and I'm a better person because I get to be around Cam Fisher every day. That is a fact. And I know all of our coaches would say the same thing too. And, you know, 
I, you know, I just, I just hope that we get to watch him play as long as possible through this weekend into next week, into the next week and into the next week. Like that, those are the types of things. It's like, you know, why do you guys want to win so bad? Like we want to watch Cam Fisher, Jack Dragon, Austin Knight, you know, Will Butcher, Jake Cunningham, you know, et cetera. Caden House. We want to watch all these guys play together as long as possible because it's a special group. Well, coach, we're gonna we're gonna let you uh, go unwind for for the remainder of your evening here, um, but we'll give you. There, it's gonna be obviously it's gonna be a lot of uh, there's gonna be a lot of orange uh, Clemson, South Carolina this weekend. Uh, all, all the orange that the Clemson fans don't bring, the Tennessee fans will. Uh, but I feel like there's going to be a fair amount of green down in South Carolina this week too. Come on. But, um, you know, the, we'll, we'll give you here before we let you go. We'll give you the last word to Niner Nation before uh, before we get this regional started tomorrow. Yeah, no, I mean, I just um, I just can't thank everybody listening and watching and following enough. Um, every season has its shares of adversities and ups and downs, and you know, I'm just so proud of the fact that there was never a down moment you know, a down part of the season or a downturn or a tough weekend or a tough game where our players gave up or they let up or they, you know, they just, I told them in the dugout after we, after we took all the team photos and after, you know, all the celebration and hugging family members and all those great moments, I got the guys together and I said, I said, this is the, this is, this is the moment. This is the moment that, will hopefully stay with you guys the rest of your lives where you know that you can accomplish anything as long as, as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep fighting the fight, nothing can stop you. Every single, every single person in our, in our program, you know, and that is a very powerful message because, you know, life is full of adversity. Life is full of obstacles and challenges. It doesn't matter how talented or how, you know, benefited you are by certain circumstances, you, you know, what our guys went through to accomplish what they accomplished on Sunday to be champions is special. And I just, as their coach, I hope that that stays with them the rest of their lives and through this weekend, you know, and, uh, and, and the next few weeks, because we do get to keep playing. And I've always been a big believer that, you know, when you're talented and, you play loose with no pressure, you can be dangerous. And that's how we're playing right now. And so I'm just excited. I'm excited to cut them loose tomorrow night and watch them play. Well, Woody, we're, we'll see you and Doug Kinsmore tomorrow night, um, along with um, along with the, the few thousand of our friend, closest friends. And, um, man, can't wait to watch it. It's going to be awesome, guys. Appreciate you guys. And uh, – you know, everybody who everybody who's making the trip down tomorrow and this weekend, be safe and be loud. <laughs> Colleges with the T. Okay, all right, that that, that works. I'll have, to, I'll have to give some thought to that later, James. But Woody, we're gonna let you go, bud. Uh, good night. Get some rest, and uh, man, we'll see you at six o'clock tomorrow night. See you guys. Get some rest. All right, good luck, all right. Good night. Thanks, guys. All right. So, Joe, 
I'm here. These these guys, you've spent you've spent all day with these guys. You wrote well, I guess you guys um you guys rode the bus down, um, been at dinner with them tonight. And these guys are fired up. Yeah. It was uh they were really loose during uh batting practice today. Um we, we were able to get all of our our pre-practice warm-up activation stuff done on an auxiliary field. Um, so by the time we got to the stadium, it was just hit the ground running, get straight into defensive rotations, and then and then BP. So the uh, the third group, um, which is Austin, Jake, Jack, Will, and Cam, uh, they got a little bit extended time so that we used up our full seventy-five minutes. I mean, at the end, it was basically just a home run derby. Like who could hit the most jacks at at, uh, at BP, and the guys were having a lot of fun. Um, you saw pitchers out there trying to rob home runs. Calvert Clark uh, took one back in center field. Blake got up there, uh, took care of one and left. So uh, just a lot of a lot of good vibes around the team and a lot of fun was being had uh, during that practice time today. Um, Joe, I wanted to ask you about the uh, – are we in third base dugout again? Do they, or do they have some kind of rule like Conference USA had uh, where the home team has a certain dugout or the way team has a certain dugout? Yeah, so um, home team will always be on the first base dugout. So tomorrow we're on the third base side as the visiting team. Um, but then one thing I found out how the home and away designation works, it's not just the higher seed like it was at Conference USA. It's uh, if you were home last game, you, you flip-flop. So uh, And then the only time – so there's like th- uh, sets of tiebreakers, which is um, if you've both been the home team a certain amount of times – then it goes to whoever's been the road team less or, and so on and so forth. So obviously we're the road team against Tennessee tomorrow because it goes off a higher seed. But then, um, you know, if we're playing Clemson, who is the home team, if we're playing Clemson on Saturday, we'll be the home team. They'll still be on their first base side, but we'll technically be the home team. Um, and then if we play Lipscomb, we would also be the home team and we'd be on the first base side because we're both the road team and we're the higher seed at that point. Um, yeah, we saw that play out in, in Durham during the softball right. tournament where uh, where the Niner gals um, were the home team against Duke. Um, so that's that's one of those quirks of, of NCAA tournament, um, NCAA tournament ball. So uh, you, you guys, so you've been out uh, around the stadium. I know you called the game there earlier this season, but um, how much time have you gotten to, to spend um, checking out their facilities there? Because Kevin and I were, were pretty impressed uh, walking around, but they've got that whole facility over there on the first base side, which I'm assume goes down to a locker room down below. Um, have you gotten to see any of that stuff, do any sightseeing at the stadium? No. So we were in there for the administrative meeting uh, today um, with, with all the, the teams. We were just uh, – they have a, a meeting room, kind of like we we have the football meeting room, uh, where we watch the selection show. There's uh, faces out to the field, on uh, uh, just about the concourse level there, um, but we did not get to go to the very top or down below. It was just walk into this one room, their meeting room uh, for the administrative meeting, and then out. Um, so I haven't. We did. I've basically done a full lap. I want to say at this point through various times going through, entering in the left field gate walking around the back to get to the auxiliary field and then coming in down that uh, right field line to get onto the stadium. Um, they do have a nice uh, wrap on the backside of their video board, uh, which gave uh, Coach some ideas because I know he's wants to get something put on the back of our video board uh, coming here soon. So I think he took a picture of it. 
um, just to try and get some ideas on what to put in that. But uh, the biggest uh, interesting thing, so there's, there's two interesting things I want to say with the field itself. The hmm. first, there's no warning track. Um, it's just a hill. It's, it's grass hmm. all the way to the end, and there's a little hill that goes up there. And then the other thing, also relating to the grass, is they paint the grass. They, uh, they dye the grass to make it pop green. It looked very green, and I'm like, wow, this is really well-maintained. But then you get back off the, the field, and the bottom of your shoes are like a, a light blue-green uh, type color because they dye the grass out there to make it look so good. So, uh, And then they've got uh, two paw prints uh, spray-painted out there in the gaps in, uh, in right center and left center. So you know if, if we've got uh, Fish, Jake, or, or Blake going out there and laying out, they could have a, a blue and an orange streak uh, across their pants when they come in. So what I hear you saying is that the the uh, that Clemson's Fields stylist did not cancel on them. Yes, yes, the stylist was was definitely in, and they were uh, they were mowing uh, when we had the administrative meeting in a very weird pattern. You normally see uh, straight lines. Um, that's what you know what you see, and then you get the little diamond effect. These are like waves, like like they're trying to make circles or something like that. It was. It was weird uh, watching him mow that pattern. Um, so, phone uh, when you show up tomorrow, you'll you'll see kind of what I mean. Like it's wavy. So, like if you're looking from center field, it's like waves going in all sorts of different directions. But then if you come down the side, you can actually see like a little solemn course uh, down a ski slope. That can't be good for outfielders building grounders, you know. I mean, yeah, the visual uh, effects, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, what it's what it's going to be like. I did. Uh, spend a little bit of time during BP uh, out in right field just because I wanted to feel what it's like to be a right fielder when Cam Fisher launches one over your head while you can do is turn around uh, and watch it go. Uh, he didn't hit any while I was out there, so I, I came in as soon as I came in up by the by the turtle there. He uh, he cranked a few out, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably just you know stay behind the plate from now on. Are they putting those lines in the field manually out there? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, – um, and that's just, I actually can speak on that with experience because I spent four years uh, doing grounds on a golf course. Um, it's basically, so you set the line once and then with that, when you're mowing it so often, you just kind of follow the line that you already have, especially with a pattern like that. Um, when you're doing it, just the straight lines, um, you'll go one day, um, like when we, when we did it fairways and greens and stuff. Um, you call it left to right. So like when you're looking at the hole, you start on the left side and then you go to the right side and then the next day you'll go right to left and then the next day you'll go straight on, so straight lines. And that's how you get that nice little diamond uh, effect. But yeah, there's no like, there's no guides or anything down there. It's just uh, you start it and the way they told us, you, you get on the mower and you look straight ahead. You pick something out there in the distance that you're going to go at and you don't look down. You just go straight towards it. And that's how you get the straight lines. But yeah, with their curvy thing, they just got to go off of, I'm guessing, the route that they have been going. So that grass is always mowed in the same direction. You know, I, I hear some of y'all out there thinking, well, how else would they do it? Now, Brad, Kevin, y'all know where I'm going with this. At, at, at Duke's regional softball uh, now, I guess two weekends ago, they have a robot that chalks their field. A little, little robot, I, I guess, working on GPS – Joe comes out and it does the circle and then it does the baselines and it does, it does everything. So that's chalking, not mowing, but um, Duke has a robot. Duke softball has a robot that chalks their field. That's, 
that's why I got curious about how they make these, how they were making these intricate patterns. Um, Cause Duke's got robots. Yeah. No, I, I didn't see uh, any robots and, you know, uh, Clemson's one of those land grant uh, universities big on agriculture. So I don't think they'd want uh, robots taking, taking those ag jobs out there uh, in the field. You know, that's on the job training uh, that, right. uh, that those, those groundskeepers, you know, especially if they got any student helpers on the job training they need for the rest of their careers. Good point. Uh, Joe, um, <clears throat> I hadn't had a chance to dig into the game notes yet, but I did see the release earlier uh, where we announced the starter, Colin Kramer, versus um, going up against former 49er Andrew uh, Lindsey uh, for Tennessee. Um, talk a little bit about Colin Kramer uh, getting start for, for the Niners tomorrow night. Yeah, so, you know, he's been in and out of uh, the the rotation uh, this season. He's started a lot of midweek games for us um, and uh, talking to Coach uh, before his start in the tournament. He mentioned how CK has kind of been a giant killer for us. He got the start at Truist uh, against South Carolina, got the win, um, came in, got the win against Coastal, uh, didn't start that game, but uh, a great relief outing after Miles got a good start for us. Um, he started the game against Clemson in that stadium earlier this year. Um, so just going with him, and I think, uh, you know, normally we'd probably expect Wyatt to be in this spot uh, since he's been the Friday guy all season long. But uh, I think we want to give Wyatt a little bit of rest because he threw 77 on Wednesday and then three, four days later, throwing 100 uh, to get that quality start against DBU. So, so he was pretty taxed on a short rest, and I don't think uh, I don't think Woody wants to do that again um, and run him out there. I mean, yeah, he's had now five days off, but he's still threw 177 pitches, uh, you know, four days apart from each other. So just to try and get that uh, arm uh, back down uh, to where it's used to with the normal usage level and get some feeling back in it. And uh, I think he'll probably go for us on Saturday. Uh, any chatter on the bus ride down about uh, the the starting pitcher on for Tennessee, Andrew Lindsay? Uh, not that I heard. Uh, I mean, typically on bus rides, uh, I'm either working or watching a movie. So uh, this time I was watching the movie, so I uh, I wasn't uh, too privy on any of the conversations the guys were having. Um, you know, with with a lot of the the turnover we've had over the last couple of years with the roster, there aren't. Too, too many guys that are still on the team um, from when he was around, but obviously uh, they still know of him and, and this coaching staff, uh, you know, is very familiar with him. So, uh, you know, it's not really surprising that this this is who they went to, um, you know, a little bit of a revenge game uh, on both sides. Uh, um, and I was, I was looking through the numbers and I was like, oh, this is, if you want to get into it, this is a quintuple revenge game um, across the board because you've got Lindsey playing against us. You've got uh, Austin and... Uh, Cam Hansen, who played for Tennessee before they they came here eventually, uh, Fish, who's from Knoxville, and then Tennessee was the first team we ever played in the NCAA tournament back in '93 um, with that seven to four loss out in Knoxville. So you know, trying to get back at them uh, from that first NCAA game. So a lot of storylines here um, on both sides coming into this one. Yeah, and and the last time we faced them, we put a uh, put a shutout on them nine zero at the Hayes uh, when they were. I think they were top 20, top 15 team, um, 2021. Yeah. I think so, they were um, 14. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, their coach got ejected from the Hayes. Oh. So, um, yeah, so there, there's some history there and, and there's a lot of storylines uh, going into uh, tomorrow's game. Um, so yeah, it should be, should be, a uh, interesting matchup. Um, uh, looking forward to getting down there, um, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. 
uh, you know, we're, we're hopeful uh, and, and appreciative of uh, the big Niner crowd that we're going to get. I know uh, for those of you in the Charlotte area that can't make it down, we've got the, uh, the watch party. Um, I think it's a neighborhood grill out there in uh, Dilworth. Uh, Dilworth neighborhood grill. Yeah. yeah that, yep. That's the one. Um, one yep. Yeah, so if you, if you can't come down, uh, obviously we want you to come down, but I know tickets were, were hard to come by all the, uh, all the reserve seating was already gone. Um, by the time the, the tickets went on sale yesterday afternoon and um, I saw some people having issues with uh, with getting some tickets just because it's, you know, it's a hot commodity. You got uh, Clemson, obviously their fans are fired up after this the season they've had, the 16-game winning streak uh, to end the regular season and the, the ACC tournament. You got Tennessee, who uh, is a very passionate fan base. Um, I don't know too much about Lipscomb. Um, you know, I'm sure they're going to travel well as well since it's the postseason, so... Tickets were going fast, uh, so if you got them, great. Please come on down. Uh, if you're still thinking about it, I'm sure you can find some uh, floating around there somewhere. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're hoping to come down. But if not, we got some options in uh, in Charlotte for for folks back home to to watch us. And and you can always tune in on uh, ConvertUSA.tv uh, as long as as long as that uh, radio waiver went through, which we recommend you doing. Um, that's that's the way we watch games now is is listen to joe while watching uh watching the broadcast so we recommend you do that um and you know the 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 knowledge you're dropping here joe that's 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 why we bring you on it's it's fantastic um now i've already asked you this question um offline in fact i I asked you this question on monday uh so we're gonna we're gonna dance around it carefully here you told us last time about your your tradition of of boarding the bus and and how about those Niners? Um, what can you tell us about your entrance to the bus last Sunday after the championship game? Uh, yeah, it was it was it was similar to to the ones before. I just stuck with the with old faithful. How about them Niners? Might have been uh, a couple more colorful words in there to celebrate. Uh, the, the championship, but yeah, just just went back to the well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, not going <laughs> to confirm or deny. But uh, while while the team was on the field, uh, and I was still up in the booth getting everything packed up, uh, um, they were walking off, and it was just us, and the whole stadium was empty at this point. Um, you know, our family and, and friends were on the field. Uh, I, I went over and asked the uh, the PA people to turn the music down a little bit so I could yell something out there. And, popped open the window and uh, and yelled out how about them Niners to all the guys on the on the field that really got them fired up before they they went over and got showered and uh, got back to the airport which was almost a disaster that was uh, <laughs> we we had to pull some uh, some audibles there as we pulled into the airport to make sure that we could get to the gate in time because uh, uh, if we followed the uh, traffic patterns they wanted us to follow we were we were not making that flight home <laughs> so yeah. so what your your bus driver just kind of kind of made his own way so uh uh houston's airport's under construction not unlike uh charlotte's airport but uh mm-hmm. more of the construction is felt in the driving area it's it's more of the traffic construction than interior construction so to get to where our checkpoint was it was kind of like a kind of like a weave lane um merging onto the highway where You've got the main drag going through, and then there's a loop that shoots out that loops around to where the the check-in point is, and then that 
loops back into the main drag for you to exit. So we're getting over to get off on the loop and we're stuck in traffic for, I don't know, maybe five minutes and we still haven't made it to the loop yet. We haven't moved at all. And uh, we made the executive decision that we were going to stop the bus right there because at this point, it was right around an hour and a half until we took off. And with 50 some 60 bags that we needed to check, you need to make sure those are in by about an hour before the flight or so. Um, so uh, Coach Simmons came back and uh, he told the team two words, move efficiently. Um, so we we stopped the bus right where we were in the middle of the road. Uh, it wasn't middle of the road. It was over on the, the lane that was off to the side. But we, we put it in park. Uh, bus driver got out and was holding traffic. Uh, I got under the bus and uh, Darren and I got under there and just started hucking bags out there. Um, you know, if you can find the owner, great. If not, just take it in there and, and we'll get it sorted out later. Um, helped carry a laundry bag in. We, we finally got into the, the ticketing counter, got all the bags checked, and then it's one by one, grab your ticket, go up there to security. And uh, all the guys' bags got uh, got flagged going through, uh, the like all the carry-on bags for the guys got flagged. Um, you know, it was such a mad dash. We saw guys with water bottles still buried at the bottom of the bag, um, I think the individual trophies were setting it off because they were like kind of pointy on the top end of it. So um, <laughs> we, Darian and I waited, uh, Darian, our, our video guy that I room with, we waited until uh, it was just Cam Fisher and Colin Kramer. Those were the last two getting through security. And by the time they got through, we had uh, 20 minutes until we started boarding. And to get to our gate, it was maybe a mile walk. Like it took a solid 15 minutes of walking at a pretty good pace to get there in time. Um, so, so I didn't, I didn't have a, a, you know, I didn't grab the pregame meal afterwards. I was trying to get it packed up because we, we were for good reason celebrating on the field uh, for, for a good time. And then finally, like, Oh crap, we, we got to get a move on. So I was, uh, so I was helping guys uh, get the underside of the bus. So I was like, Oh, I'll just grab something, you know, at the airport, all the quick service spots, you know, the subway, the Wendy's, the Panda, uh, they either had a really long line or in the case of Panda, I was like, oh, there's nobody in line. Well, that's because there was nothing left at Panda Express other than a couple egg rolls. They were shutting it down for the day uh, at 730 on a Sunday. So uh, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just wait until uh, till the plane lands and we uh, we get back in, in Charlotte. So pop down, finished up the recap, got that out. And uh, I think I was one of the last four or five people on the plane there. Um, trying to get it, and then posted the uh, the dog pile video as I'm walking down the aisle of the plane to get to my seat. So uh, we we did make it though. Trophy made it back. Uh, they had to take it up front. Uh, it wasn't going to fit under the seat of anybody, and we didn't purchase an extra seat uh, for the trophy. So they, they kept it safe for us uh, up front, uh, uh, and we, we were able to pick it up on the way out. So it, it all worked out all right. So what I hear you saying, Joe, is after being the most dangerous man at the Conference USA Tournament all week, the TSA was concerned about Cam's MVP trophy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, his middle name was wrong or something on his ticket, too, so they didn't let him through the first time. They had to bring, like, a supervisor over to even let him into the the scanning lane to then have to sit there an extra five minutes. Well, and they, they've only got, you know, one person working on each lane, and they've got three lanes coming in, so it's uh, – it's the one where it's like automated where, you know, once it clears, it goes to the, the side where you can pick it up. And then if it doesn't clear, 
it go it gets sent to the other side of the glass. So all the guys were waiting around like, oh, there, there's there's my there's uh you know my crate coming in. Oh crap, it got sent to the other side. And it's and it's one person who's checking the ones at the end and then going to the monitor and bringing it forward. So we were backed up quite a bit there waiting for everything to come through and then yeah you know a couple guys had to get their bags rescanned after they took some of the stuff out it uh you know it wasn't the nicest thing to go through it wasn't the easiest thing but uh, at that point after the championship uh everything everything was fine you know we were just going to roll with whatever came our way are you telling me that cam's official id doesn't say cam freaking fisher uh no it does not uh and uh tsa wouldn't take it TSA wouldn't believe us. Hey, this guy leads the country in home runs. He's good. No, they didn't care about that. Well, when you when when you when you hit thirty bombs, that puts you on some some list out there. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, especially when you say it like that. That's he, right. That's right. He can't get on the Golden Spikes watch list, but he can get on the TSA watch list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in uh, in anything. It's a lot easier to get on one than the other. <laughs> oh my gosh all right joe we're gonna we're gonna let you go man because you're gonna you gotta rest the pipes um be ready tomorrow if if you are if you are at all able to we highly recommend that you tune in uh go over to conference usa tv and as long as joe's waiver paperwork is processed in a timely manner you will be able to hear him call the game against tennessee tomorrow night at 6 p.m eastern um well worth it. I don't know who's on the call. Uh, actually, you know what? I I did read who was on the call, and now I've forgotten. Um, so I, I don't know who well, he is. Simple, but just listen to Joe. You know, you uh, know what I'm going to tell you? If you want to know who's on the call for ESPN, you want to know what I'm going to tell you? <laughs> well, what are you going to tell me? Check the game notes. Check. Ah. <laughs> hey, I got him right here. I got him right here, Joe. Got the shirt down there, ready to ready to bust. Tom Hart, play by play. Kyle Peterson, Kyle Peterson, analyst. Wow, Kyle we Peterson. got some heavy hitters. Heavy hitters down in in, in Clemson. Yeah, they Kyle had a, they had a good, good. Chat today with Coach and uh, and Cam Fisher. So uh, I have high hopes uh, for this weekend. Obviously, yeah. I don't Kyle think Peterson's here, good, so. but still listen to Joe. I appreciate it. Hopefully, so you know, I know a lot of people. I'll probably everyone listening to this is excited for our move to the American and away from Conference USA. But the one downside is we lose Conference USA TV, which for video is great. But for the radio streams, that's we're losing what I what I put the radio out on. So I don't know uh, what we're going to put it on if we're still going to have a radio broadcast next year because being in the American, everything should be on ESPN. Um, so that's something that we're going to have to figure out uh um, you know, department-wise, like, are we still going to do radio and how are we going to carry it if we do um, still have a radio broadcast? So uh, what I'm saying is enjoy it this year while we know that it's still going to be here uh, as long as, you know, the NCAA lets me do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, get it while you can because uh, hopefully it's back next year, but it, it might not be. Wow. Well, we hope it is. Not Conference USA TV, but... <laughs> Your, your, your broadcast. We hope those are back. So, um, but tomorrow night, check out Joe Templin on the broadcast. Um, it, it, it's, it, it'll be well worth your time. Um, he's, you, you were a lot of fun to listen to last week. So it was, it was awesome, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll have uh, the pregame show again. Uh, I kind of try and, uh, I look at the length of the recording, uh, 
at when I'm done and try and uh, time it up so it, it ends right around the national anthem or so. Um, so we'll play the fun math game tomorrow, but uh, I'll probably at any rate be turning the uh, the crowd mic on around 5.40 or so um, just to get something in there. And then, yeah, we'll have the pregame show. Uh, we'll ask Skip a couple questions before the game and more bumper music in between. I've added a, a few songs to that playlist uh, that I've heard here and there. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's not the thing that's going to get us shut down by uh, the NCAA overlords. But uh, no ads, though, so, uh, uh, you know, might have to cut back on that uh, Grand Slam club, like I mentioned. But uh, join it anyways. This is this is the plug now. Join the Grand Slam yeah, club. join it anyway. Of course, if you're if you're watching, if, if you've watched an hour and a half of us, you're probably a member of the Grand Slam club. Yeah, I'm just hopeful, hopefully. All right, Joe, we're going to let you go, buddy. Good night, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, see you guys tomorrow. All right, Joe Temple. All, All right, boys, we've been at this. That that flew by. We've been at this almost an hour and a half now. Uh, I I knew this show was going long, but hey, that's that's what it is, right? Just wait till yeah. you see how long. Just wait till you see how long the super regional show is. Yeah. We got yeah. We, so some of the stuff we didn't get to. Real quick, let's get to our all tournament team. We got Faxon Thompson on the all tournament team. Mm-hmm. Two hell, two heck of a uh, great outings um, on during the tournament down in Houston. Jack Dragon, who we spoke to earlier, all tournament mm-hmm. team. I think he hit three in one day, three homers in one day, mm-hmm. four for the tournament maybe. Uh, there's Paxton. There's Jack and uh, Stallman. We mentioned Stallman, big tournament. He had that big homer in, in the championship game. Um, solid defensively over third all week. Uh, and then to round it out, all-tournament team was Cam Fisher, uh, tournament MVP. Um, who else would it be? Who else would it go to? Um, he had, what was it, 13 for 21. batted 619 over the tournament, six homers, 13 ribbies. Uh, 33 total bases. I think three of those were um, Conference USA tournament records. So, um, and speaking of, we haven't mentioned this yet. Well, maybe we had last week, but he broke the 49er season single season record for home runs. Um, it was 28 or 27. He's broken that. He's tied the all time career home runs um, total. He's got 48 homers for his career. He's only been here two years, um, and he's already at the home run career total mark. Um, so, yeah, great player. Uh, glad we get to watch him another week at least, maybe two, hopefully three. There was a uh, – we, we put out a tweet last week that I, I think just sums it up, certainly sums up the way I feel, is you can just thank God Almighty that you'll be able to tell people you saw Cam Fisher play baseball in a Niner uniform. <laughs> Because that's that yeah. seriously, Cam. That's gonna be one of those things. It's twenty years from now, we're gonna be talking to people like, "Well, you remember Cam Fisher?" You know, oh yeah, yeah. Well, Cam, you know, I mean, that's. Yeah. We were we were really we were, we've really been fortunate to to witness what we have here, and uh, it's not over yet. So, uh, real quick, you want to talk? Let, let's touch on. Um, I see producer Brad's got the uh, got the map keyed up here. Um, there we go. We are, we are gonna try our level best tomorrow. To meet up with, uh, you know, the, the Clemson and Lipscomb play first, so there will be plenty of people there ahead of us. Um, the one o'clock game. The one o'clock game. Uh, we're playing in the six o'clock. 
we are going to try our level best. Stay on Twitter. We'll, we'll try to update you there. Um, we're going to try to get as many 49ers together uh, as possible. Um, Zach and, and Emily Hill own the uh, the 49er Express, which is a, a, a former school bus that they've converted into a tailgate rig. And um, they're bringing it down. And we're going to try to use that as sort of the epicenter of for Niner Nation. Um, and when, when, when they find a place to park the 49er Express, we will – update you accordingly via twitter so you know if you're not on twitter it's times like this you really need to be if, if you don't like twitter in general i understand why but for a weekend like this create yourself a burner twitter account and just follow follow charlotte baseball follow follow uh follow us um just just to get information we'll try to keep everybody up to date on on where uh activities are taking place down there tomorrow saturday sunday what, what have you so anyway does does that about cover it, boys? Still got tons to talk about, but yeah, we got to. It's an hour and a half. We got to get. We got to get some rest. We got a big day tomorrow. We got to get up. Yeah, I think you get up and drive to Clemson in the morning. So, um, it's 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 that time, boys. Um, man, Charlotte, Tennessee, NCAA tournament tomorrow night, six o'clock. Um, I believe ESPNU, uh, and um, turn on the TV and then uh, mute it. Turn on Joe Templin if you are not in Clemson with us. And um, if you are in Clemson with us, say what's up, because we love that kind of thing. All right, folks, we're out of time. YouTube, wherever you find your podcast, click and subscribe. Turn on notifications for content. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, never TikTok, all that good stuff. Say hello at the ballpark, because we love talking to y'all. Um, it's time to go get some of the NCAA tournament. So, for Kevin, for producer Brad, we appreciate Joe, Coach Woody, and Jack Dragon joining us tonight. Until tomorrow, we will see you at the NCAA tournament. Good night, everybody.